Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody, Gibbs here with number 482 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's The Far Side with Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. And yes, I did mispronounce that at the end of the last episode and I apologize. But moving on, this album was the debut album of The Far Side, a hip-hop group. Released on November 24th, 1992. Recorded 1991 through 1992 at Hollywood Sound in Hollywood, California. The genre is hip-hop and jazz rap. Released on the label of Delicious Vinyl and East West. Producers Jay Swift, L.A.J., and Slim Kid 3. This album had 16 tracks. That included four singles, Yamama, Passing Me By, For Better or For Worse, and Other Fish. Bizarre Ride to the Far Side would be certified gold and considered more of almost a comedy rap album as a lot of the subject matter wasn't really serious and tracks like Ya Mama was basically just all your mom jokes. They would use samples from artists such as James Brown, Donald Byrd in The Family, the Meters, Quincy Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Roy Ayers, and Marvin Gaye. This album was kind of groundbreaking for the West Coast as alternative East Coast hip-hop albums had been popular, such as ours with De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising, and that one sold over a million copies, but there was no real equivalent to that group on the West Coast until The Far Side came along. Bizarre Ride to the Far Side included what they said was five interludes or skits, where really I saw them more as just shortened songs. When I originally saw that they were going to be skits and stuff, I thought more of kind of what Eminem does, where it's kind of just a side phone call or some kind of set-up scene that doesn't really involve a lot of music, it's just more of an acted-out dialogue. And all these had beats behind them, and they were just more shortened little raps. And I didn't really view them as interludes or skits. I viewed them as just shortened songs that were maybe a minute and a half, two minutes each, where the rest of the album consisted of tracks that were more in the four-minute range as the album as a whole totaled in just under an hour. This album definitely earned its parental advisory sticker with its subject matter and language, and it kind of surprised me that they went as risky as they did back then, being only 1992. Nowadays, you don't think of too much about subject matter and stuff, with rappers and hip-hop artists and any artist really choosing to write about anything they want but back then things seemed a little more toned down and you kind of walked on eggshells with what you talked about but the far side album is definitely out there they talk very raunchy about sex they use a lot of inappropriate language which i don't mind it doesn't offend me but i'm just 
giving you a heads up if you're going to listen to the album that it is what some would consider offensive in parts. I will say, when I'm listening to these albums, most of the time, even if I've heard the song before, I have the lyrics pulled up so I can read along with the song and really get what is being said. And I am just impressed by the lyrical content of a hip-hop album compared to maybe some of the other genres that we've listened to so far where verses would maybe be four, six, eight lines or so, and then there'd be a chorus, whereas it just seems, especially with this album, just endless, like, paragraph worth of lyrical verse, and then maybe a short little hook in there to tie it all together. And it's just impressive that they can come up with that much lyrical content and make it fit in with the sequence and rhymes and all that. So from that aspect, you come away very impressed with the album because there's just so much to be said. There's not... A lot of other genres rely more on instrumentation to fill voids and solos and stuff like that, and you just don't get that within this genre. You get straight lyrics the whole time, and it's impressive that someone can come up with that much to say. That being said, though, I always felt like when I was listening to these songs, they all didn't seem to go together. You could tell that the individual rappers a lot in the group, they wrote their own verses because sometimes it almost didn't seem like they all belonged to the same song. And they would basically be rapping their part and then they'd bring it back together by using a hook. And it wasn't bad necessarily, but sometimes it made for a confusing message. What were they trying to get across with that song? Because it seemed like you had sometimes three or four different views on what the song was about. I did enjoy the different group members being used within the same song, though, as you got a different vocal range and feel through their style and a lot of what they would do during their verses. And sometimes you would get an altogether different melody within that verse. They didn't all follow that same rhythmic pattern, and they would kind of use their own judgment on what they felt fit within those beats. I would say my favorite track or tracks on the album were probably Officer and Yamama, just because I enjoyed Yamama's humor and uh, just growing up, a lot of people did the Your Mom jokes, so I found humor in that. And Officer, I felt like, was a really good song for them, too. Please Don't Arrest Me, Mr. Officer. And I really enjoyed that song as well. Some of the other songs, you know, The Far Side was a... They formed basically in high school. And sometimes you got that high school vibe throughout this album as it didn't really seem like they had really matured as songwriters yet. And... Being that there's comic content on it, you can't really judge that by too much. You could say, yeah, it's immature, but at some points it just didn't seem like a professional, polished 
album and it seemed more of just kind of a high school project. From my personal take, I found the... By the time you got to about the halfway mark on the album, it all just started sounding the same to me. It just kind of... One track would blend into the next track, and there wasn't really a lot of difference in the beats or the rhythms and the verses and it just all seemed to blend together for me by the time it got to like the last three or four tracks it just seemed like one track with a little bit of a space in between and maybe that's just my personal take on it maybe others enjoy it I don't know but I just personally felt that it all blended together and I could have used a little more I thought that the album in general was just too long it didn't need to be almost an hour long, and especially as a debut album. I feel like you need to just put yourself out there and give people a taste of what you're about. And they really, I mean, a lot of these tracks were four or five minutes long, which is quite a long time and a lot of lyrics to throw in. And it, it did, it got repetitive after a while. So due to that, and due to the fact that it just wasn't as popular as some of the other albums in that genre coming out at the time, I think I'm going to move this one back to 489 on the list, which in turn will move Lady Gaga's Born This Way up to 482. You can always give me your feedback by reaching me, the Rolling Review at yahoo.com, searching me on Facebook at the Rolling Review, where you can like the fan page and see the updated version of the full list so far and ask any questions or anything you have there state your opinion next episode we'll be going over bell and sebastian's if you're feeling sinister until then i'm gibbs this is the rolling review stay safe and be kind